Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And folks, I was scrolling on Twitter the other day, and somebody said, uh, man, if Terquavion Smith um, is able to take this team to the tournament, maybe win some games, maybe make a deep run, we need to put him on the Mount Rushmore of NC State basketball. And that got me to thinking, who would be on the different Mount Rushmores of NC State sports? And there are too many people who have been wildly impactful uh, for us to, you know, do all the sports at one time. I don't think that, I, I just think that that would be doing a great disservice to a lot of people who are quote unquote forgotten, who need to get their love and their shine for all that they meant uh, to this, to our individual program. So I'm going to do football, men's basketball and women's basketball. And I'm going to bring uh, Alex Sawyer on to do baseball with me, but long story short, uh, we're going to be going over today who belongs on NC State's Mount Rushmore Sports. So stick around for all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. You are Locked on Wolfpack. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, please understand when I'm talking about the Mount Rushmore of NC State football, this is not this is solely about this player, coaches, persons, individual impact on the team, on what they've meant uh, to the team and, and all that good stuff. So please don't don't think that this is, oh, these are the best players, the best individual players um, who have come through or, you know, oh, these are the people who. Uh, went on to have the best careers in the league or who have the most notoriety from NC State? Because, again, it's not that. It's it's just not, right? If that was the case, this list would look very, very – or this the, – the people who I put here would look very, very different. Um, but before I get into that, I've got to get into uh, the honorable mention folks who you would know if you've been very intimately involved um, in in the, the Wolfpack uh, program – the, the fact of the matter is there is there are certain people who, you know, their impact on NC State goes beyond, um, you know, just what can be tallied in stats or, or what can be um, what can be made out to what they did on the field. So let's let's start there. Right. This isn't a situation where we're, we're talking about, oh, yeah, this is you know, these players or these people or these folks who are around the program are, you know, just people who have have done great things on the field. Um, so honorable mention would, would definitely um, would definitely go to uh, Frank the Tank, who's been around for forever. Frank is just, you know, every time you see him, he's smiling and, and he's uh, been involved with the program for forever in the day. And, you know, whenever you ask people uh, how long has he been here, everybody's like, man, I I really don't know. He's, he was here well before I got here. That's everybody's answer uh, to asking how long Frank has, has been there. So that's just a, a, a little thing there. Uh, D.D. Hoggard, a guy who, you know, makes sure that all the players are taken care of and make sure that they have uh, all the things that they need in order to ensure their success off the field um, and, and you know, making sure that guys stay on the straight and narrow and all that. Another guy who needs to get a, a good shout out here. And so now I'm going to get into the the folks who, 
did the on the field work, who did the um, who did actually no one more uh, Mama D who sits in the front. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot forget her. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, if if we, I would be remiss if I were ever to say anything about you know there is an NC State football program and and what people are synonymous with making uh, that work that, you know, again, just people who did not, who you wouldn't know if you weren't around, but she is uh, just a very comforting, calming uh, source of just happiness for a lot of people involved in the program. Now, let's get into the folks who have done things on the field, who have done things that are notable, who have done things that the average fan will pick up on and say, oh yeah, I know that name instantly. The first name, the winningest coach, in modern NC State history, right? Like this is, I mean, since the NCAA was founded in 1910, there's only one coach with a higher winning percentage than Lou Holtz. And that coach went on to coach for Carolina after he left NC State. So, hmm, kind of can't put you on the list. But anywho, uh, Lou Holtz is one of, one of I want to say, three or four NC State coaches to ever have won uh, a conference title, regardless of the title, not just ACC, uh, one or two to win an ACC title. So Lou Holtz, Cannot be forgotten, cannot be understated in his contributions to this program. And, you know, it's in him leaving for Notre Dame. I don't even think that there's like a lot of anger animosity about that simply because, I mean, Notre Dame is Notre Dame, right? Like back then they were the only team that was on national TV on a regular. I believe it was like them in Nebraska or something like that. And it makes sense. It, it just made sense. But again, Lou Holtz was an absolutely amazing coach for this program. Uh, coached one of the winningest teams, or coached some of the winningest teams of all time here, and did so in just four years. In just four years, so that's it, that's nothing short of amazing. And, and there's you know nothing nothing more that uh, I can really say about that guy uh, besides he was a flat out winner. Did things the right way again. Didn't leave the program in a lot of turmoil and investigations all over the place. It, that just wasn't the case. And the next guy on this uh, Mount Rushmore is a guy that played for Lou Holtz. You knew this was coming. You knew it was coming. The one and only Ted Brown. This man was the ACC's all-time leading rusher until Travis Etienne, right? He rushed for 4,602 yards in 44 games. Travis Etienne beat him by 300 yards with 11 more games. I don't think y'all understand. Like, this man was an absolute menace. You give him the ball, get out the way, and he was going to make something great happen. The reality is, um, again, I the more and more we get removed from uh, the times of, of when players only had 9, 10, 11 games to work with, the more I think that we need to also value uh, what these guys were, what these guys did per game. And – Ted Brown will still be a leader in that regard. But again, Ted Brown is a guy that you still hear about. Uh, even when I was there, you heard about how great he was and all that good stuff. So that's that's another guy that he just needs to he needs to have some respect. I mean, 5,362 yards from scrimmage, 51 touchdowns. You another guy whose greatness simply cannot be overstated. And a, a guy who was a leader and who uh did set the pace and the tempo on that AC 1973 ACC championship team. And boy, I'll tell you, this kind of contributes into what I'll be talking about later because I want to talk about players who or players or coaches who have the opportunity to get onto this Mount Rushmore. And, and you know what I mean? I got 
that has to be talked about because at the end of the day, this is how the game progresses. And hopefully the hope for any program is that over time your program progresses in a way that you really, really, really have a tough time coming up with four. And don't get me wrong. There was some difficulty coming up with these four. But when I thought about it and when I narrowed the criteria down to simply what their contributions were to NC State football, that's what kind of made this easier. But even still, there are a lot of guys, a lot of players and coaches who they have the ability to make this thing much, much harder than it already is. But at the end of the day, that's how great programs, that's that's how they function. And that's how they work, right? Like you start off with, you know, great tradition, great history, great, or maybe you don't, but what you do is you build upon that. Whatever there, whatever is there, that's your ground floor. That's where you start. You build upon that. You get great players, great coaches. You win a lot of games. You win championships. You win conference championships, national championships. And then all of a sudden it shifts a little bit, right? So for example, if you were to look at Alabama football and say, who's on the Mount Rushmore of Alabama football, this would look very differently today than what it would look like in the year, let's say, 2004. Like, this would look very different. And that's good. Alabama won tons of national championships. Bear Bryant was widely regarded as the greatest college football coach of all time by a mile. But since what uh, Nick Saban has showed up and done, since what Julio Jones, since what Amari Cooper, Mark Ingram, Derek Henry, since what all those guys have done, you kind of adjust it based on like, you know, these were really, really great players. But if I'm putting them in the context of what they did all the time, it kind of gets weighted differently because of what these new uh, folks are coming in and doing. So again, we'll have that conversation about um, who can come in and, and all that stuff, who can come in and supplant some of these guys in just a few. But again, that's not to disrespect anybody, but the, re- the reality of the situation is that's the goal. That should be the goal for every program. The goal should be to have the current guys on your Mount Rushmore supplanted. That's just the reality. And the goal of Built Bar is very simple as well. It is to keep you fed and to keep you eating on something great that is also healthy for you. Don't you love a good chocolate chewy brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So good, right? Well, what if I told you you can have all that chewy chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are built are available at built.com right now. And you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These things are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built's caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. The best part is caramel brownie bars are covered in 100 percent real chocolate. And this is not a joke, folks. You don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy when you're rocking with Built Bar. You can have both. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So, again, we're going to talk about the last two players here and um, the the folks who the folks who um, who naturally, you know, you've you've got to show them some love. And and these are two guys who also there's a lot of time overlap um, in what they've done for the program. Okay. The first one is, and I, I know that it's a lot of like all time leaders in this all time leaders in that, but that's kind of how the game goes, right? Like the people who are the best performers will often, you know, get, get involved in these types of deals. And 
I've got to talk about the ACC's all-time passer leader. Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is in a school named quarterback or that can be called quarterback you. The fact of the matter is you've got a ton, a ton, a ton of really good options. You've got a ton, just a metric ton of really, really good quarterbacks. So when you have that type of situation, um, it, it then comes down to who had the most impact at NC State. And the the it was fairly it was fairly clear because Russell Wilson, you thought about it for a second because he really did have some great games. He had some amazing performances, wildly exciting to watch play, wildly exciting. But at the same time, it's hard to top the guy who, again, he he led this team to our best finish ever in the polls. Best finish ever. Even the, the, the 73 ACC team, 79 ACC team, not a single one of them had as high of a finish as um, as the NC State team that uh, Phillip Rivers led did. That's just the reality, all right? The, uh, I want to say that that team, the, I want to say that the teams from 73 or 79 finished like, so 79 finished unranked and 73 finished number 16. So I apologize. I apologize. Not the highest finish ever in uh, NC State history. One spot below the highest finish ever. That was the 74 team, which finished uh, number 11 in the poll. So again, Lou Holt is his effects cannot be understated. It, it just can't be. But again, um, we're talking about Philip Rivers right now. And, you know, it's almost like he has a passing yard for every child he's had. I'm joking. I'm joking. Philip Rivers doesn't have that many kids. It's a running joke. He has a ton of them. But the reality is he was a dominant quarterback. He put that team on his back. And that was a those teams were were largely predicated on having a passing game that was something like what the ACC wasn't seeing at that time, which was 2000. That's crazy to think about it. That was 20 years ago. But it was crazy to think about. Did you know what I mean? It, it, what we, what NC State was doing at that time. And then you bought in a running back like T.A. McClendon for, uh, I want to say, his senior year. And that really took that team to another level. And so, uh, again, Phillip Rivers, a guy who is first in all, all time in the ACC in passing yards, um, second all time ACC in passing touchdowns. However, the guy who beat him in passing touchdowns, Taj Boyd, had a worse touchdown interception ratio than him. So, just something to think about there. And again, this man, the, the impact that he had on this university, the impact that he had on NC State football can be undersold, can be undersold. Because again, when we look at the modern day QBU thing that we have going on, he was the beginning of it. He was the grandfather of it. That there, you can't say that we are that without him. It's just a reality. That's just a reality. When you look at uh, Pat guys in the pro, you can't look at, oh, these guys, all these starters were in the league uh, from NC State. And, you know, we are one time we're leading by a good leading uh, the amount of stars in the league. It starts with him. It starts with him. So there's that. And then the next guy, it may be a surprise to some, probably shouldn't be, played with Phillip Rivers at the time and has now come back to be the uh, head strength conditioning coach and assistant athletic director, D'Antonio Thunder Burnett. This man is third all-time in tackles in the ACC. There is no way, shape, form, or fashion 
that you can say, uh, you know, what he did was not what he did with NC State wasn't absolutely magnificent uh, during his time here. Like to say that this man was a tackling machine is an understatement. And he was the heart and soul of that defense. It was, that was at the end of the day, that defense or he was allowed to do what he did because he had really good, uh, really, really good defensive linemen in front of him. Right. Nobody's going to argue against that. Nobody's going to say, oh, the, the defensive linemen that were in front of him didn't matter. You'd be a liar if you said that. But with that being said, the reality is even if you give uh, a very, very mediocre player the type of guys that he had in front of him, I mean, you're you're not going to see much. You're not going to see as much as he did. You're not going to see record-breaking numbers and all that. Like, you're just not. And so, um, honestly, that was enough to get him in consideration. However, when he came back in his work as an assistant and head strength coach, which he is now for football, you really can't people talk about NC State now in terms of player development. When you talk about player development, there are only really two places that that happens. You either have extremely elite assistant coaches, which by the way, they don't stay assistant coaches for long if they're extremely elite at it, or you have an amazing strength and conditioning program. You get where I'm going here? You get where I'm going? You look at, you know, the amount of three stars that we've turned into um NFL ball players. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. And I, I say that I say that um, Thunder belongs on this list for one very simple reason. There is uh, the phrase I am because you are right. That that exists with a wide multitude of players, a wide multitude of players who have come out and, you know, done great things in the league directly correlating to what Thunder has done. And yes, some of it is attributed to Dave Doran and knowing um, how players need to switch positions and, you know, taking Chubb from a linebacker to uh, a defensive end or moving Gary Bradbury from a tight end to a defensive lineman to a center or moving uh, Grant Gibson from D-line to center. You know, that's part of it. But again, even with that, the fact of the matter is if you're not building strong players who there is the reality that, being really fast, being really strong, those don't um, those don't naturally translate into uh, being a great player. That's the reality. It doesn't. Trust me, I've seen it. Some of the best players that I played with, their testing was like, man. But when they stepped on the field, they just had it, right? I've seen players who are the opposite. However, by and large, those are outliers. The reality is, if you can put together a great strength and conditioning program that not only emphasizes uh, being strong and being fast, but being functionally strong and functionally fa- fast, functionally mobile. Those are all things that Thunder has done. And again, he's the assistant AD for a reason. That's the man is his, his work on the field was magnificent, was very impactful. However, what he did out of the cleats and shoulder pads, I think that's where he sealed it. I think that's where he sealed it as far as him belonging uh, on this list. Because again, when you look at the amount of players that have gone to the league since he took over as head strength coach, when you look at the amount of players who have just, if you look at their bodies from year to year, it's like, that's a totally different person. Every college coach has before and after pictures, of course, because I mean, if you think about the reality of it, any human, if you put them through rigorous training, 
uh, rigorous weightlifting for X amount of time, their body's going to look different. Yes, sure, that's fine. What are they able to do with those bodies on the field? What are they able to do? Thunder has shown above and beyond. He produces guys that, you know, they when they go on to go uh, to go to the league or when they go on to have these amazing seasons, everybody's surprised. And Thunder's like, oh, I knew it. I knew it because that guy worked hard. He grinded. He followed the program. He trusted the program closely. And this is what we got. So that's just my thoughts there. Those are my four. Um, and again, before we wrap this thing up, we'll talk about some folks who could potentially join these uh, guys in the ranks of NC State football's Mount Rushmore. So we're about to land this thing. But as far as folks who could join, I mean, let's just be honest, as much as some people might not like to hear it, at the end of the day, obviously for head coach, Dorn, you're right there, buddy. You're right there. And I know what you're thinking. How is he right there? His win percentage isn't particularly great, hasn't won the conference championship, all that good stuff. If he is the first coach out of football, basketball, baseball, football, men's basketball, baseball, to win a conference championship, I, I promise you, this isn't like a, oh, I think. I promise you, he will go down in NC State history. He will have a, a facility or a field or something along those lines named after him. Heaven forbid if he goes out and gets two and three or four. I am telling you right now, this is, that is a very strong possibility. Very, very strong possibility. Other players who, you know, are potentially – who could potentially uh, get up there. I'll just say it. Peyton Wilson has done absolutely amazing things. If he comes back this year and puts on another clinic and they win the ACC championship and this defense is absolutely dominant, or they win eight and ACC championship and this defense is absolutely dominant and he's at the head of it. It's a thought. It's a thought. Isaiah Moore is in that same category, but there was there was a, a difference in what uh, Peyton Wilson did as a sophomore, which had folks looking at him as if he can stay healthy, he's a first rounder. You get what I'm saying? So there's there's uh, that. But we'll we'll see how this thing shakes out. Those are the guys that right now I'm thinking, hey, they got a shot. You know, part of me wants to say Devin Leary, but it's it's going to be really hard for uh, a quarterback to supplant these guys. You know, unless he wins one next year and then goes on to win another, uh, goes back to back. Then you're you're in a different territory. You're in a very different territory. But as it stands right now, like, you know, you're you're looking at um you're looking at those those four being set in place for a little bit of time. So again, we got Lou Holtz, Ted Brown, Phillip Rivers, and uh Thunder. And again, I hope that that's not controversial. Um if anybody thinks that there should be somebody else on it, listen. There are arguments for many players to be on this. There's an argument for Torrey Holt. There's an argument for Chubb. There's an argument uh, for Mario Williams. There's an argument for many, many players. Many, many players. There's no, no denying that. I'm just saying these are the four that I believe had the greatest impact on NC State sports. Thank you all so very much for coming out. I appreciate you every single time. Y'all make this show what it is. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. Our Locked On Wolf Pack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolf Pack. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 